Passion and DJ podcast, where we are becoming better DJs through passion and purpose. And now your host, David Michael. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm your host, David Michael, and my co-hosts today are the Mighty Modingo. What up? Tony DeSero. Yo. And half of Trip Turlington. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, man? Uh, uh, wilting away, apparently. Hey, looking healthy, man. 45 oh. pounds down. 45. Yeah. Jeez. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, it is. It's crazy. I, I admire your um, stick-to-itiveness. <laughs> I think my wife calls it tenacity. Mm-hmm. Stubbornness. I call, I call it stubbornness, exactly. <laughs> so are, are you like over it yet diet-wise or have you is no. it just part of your lifestyle now like I mostly you... part of my lifestyle like every now and then I I crave a coke or yeah. um uh what I do is I'll I'll go and like you know pick a day maybe two and eat some carbs and stuff like that but um every once in a while you're forced into it though. What's that? Like last weekend. Oh, right, right. Got ambushed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> uh, went to go see my mom for uh, a belated um, Easter dinner, and we get up there, and and on the way up, you know, I'm on the phone with her, and she was like, now you know I'm not I'm not doing that keto thing. Um, okay. And we get up there, and sure as shit, she did not do anything keto at all. Like, there was a honey-baked ham. <laughs> and bread. Honey-baked yeah. ham. Um, you know, and all of, all of the stuff, including... Uh, uh, this, what was the thing you were describing to me and Mel? Yeah, my, my grandma used to make this thing called a strawberry delight. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of this, but it's basically, like, uh, crushed... Uh, pureed strawberries mixed up with like whipped cream angel food cake pineapple like i mean it, it, just a bunch of it, like heaven st- yeah and and it like comes out and it's all like light and fluffy and it just like and it just melts mm. melts in your mouth um so my mom busts out this like huge tupperware container of it and i'm all like oh god <laughs> <laughs> You start sweating. <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those things where it was like I was sitting there counting. I'm like, okay, I've made it so far. As of this week, I'm down forty pounds. If I if I if I eat half of that, if I crush this, <laughs> if I crush this whole tub, <laughs> it'll put me up to forty two. Yeah, right. So, um, but ironically, like the crazy part is, so like even even having been at my mom's for those uh, for that day and a half or whatever, and not eating you know, uh, the, the regular keto diet, it, it was, it was crazy. Got back here. I never once gained a pound, um, got back into ketosis within a couple of days and then, you know, lost five more pounds just like that. Oh, yeah. So it was, yeah. Like, and that, and that's generally what happens is I'll take like a day or two and carb up, you know, <laughs> go find all the, all the stuff that I really love, you know, the, the, Coca-Colas and those like hostess cherry pies. Oh my god, guys. Like seriously, that is the best thing ever. But um <laughs> spoken like a true addict. <laughs> I mean, really, one is never enough. No. Two is too many, however that goes. <laughs> but three, however. Right. Yeah. But uh <laughs> but uh yeah, so that but then like that's the thing is that once I do that, then like it makes you feel like shit. Like it's mm. it, it's so weird how when your body adapts mm-hmm. to using fat as fuel instead of carbs, 
like the slightest introduction of carbs and it i mean it does just throws you for a loop so you just become lethargic or what does it do yeah yeah like it feels like a, a severe like sugar crash or like you know or like a thanksgiving like you know your your food coma yeah food coma type of thing <laughs> You ever taken uh, a rental car and put in reverse while you're driving down the highway? <laughs> <laughs> it's along those same type of deal. Same thing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it, so it's just like one of those things where, like, when you're doing keto, though, like, your energy level is so much more even all the time. So, like, you know, I'm up at 6 o'clock in the morning every morning. I'm up until midnight or 2 a.m. I, I mean, I average four to six hours of sleep a night, and I, I don't – it doesn't even phase me anymore. So, nice. Yeah. Doing pretty good. Yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. Mo. What up? Welcome back, man. Thank you. I am happy to be back. <laughs> Where have you been all my life? I have, <laughs> see, so I had... Five, I thought you were fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was gone so long, I thought I was fired. You actually look like you gained eight pounds I, on your I, shoulders I, alone. <laughs> that, that's from five you, weeks of CrossFit. You and Jimmy trading? <laughs> Trip, I mean, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I had... a. Uh, Five straight weeks of uh, DJing CrossFit events. Uh, in the middle of that, I got to do a sorority. What is it? A spring formal. Hmm. Fucking ratchet. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Yeah. Ooh, man. I, I, Their I, fault or yours? <laughs> I, no, like the request. I was like, you want to play yeah. what? I was like, I thought you're a bunch of strong, independent women. <laughs> tell me, tell me, to play, rake it up. You know? Ass, ass, every last, yeah, ass, 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 titties. <laughs> you know, every last one of them. I said, on oh, my hoes, break it up, <laughs> break it down. I'm like, come on, ladies. Are, are you supposed to be like empowered? You know, <laughs> yo Gotti. Yeah. Another one. But they, uh, they are empowered. Yes, they are. <laughs> fuck it up, fuck it up, fuck it up. Break it up, break it up. Yeah, I was like, uh, yeah, I, I was, uh, I did feel like the old guy. I was like kind of smiling and kind of alarmed at the same time because, you know, my daughter's going to be a freshman in high school. I was just getting ready to say, what, 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 what age range are we talking about? Oh, no, these are, well, uh, college, the uh, local oh, college okay. here. Um, so they're probably 19 to 23, 24. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess the... The, the, the dad in you, though. Yeah, the, the dad in me is like, <laughs> I know I'm getting paid for this. None of you are all my daughters, but my daughter is going to be in this age range here shortly. I was like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel what good do about I this. Do? Yeah, I don't feel good about this. But uh, the young ladies, they all had a good time. Uh, there was one minor emergency. I talked to the sponsor. Uh, she's the one that coordinated all this. And I guess um, one of the girls got dumped as she was getting on the bus to come to the event. Oh, no. And so it was like full-on snot bubbles. And, uh. you know, uh, 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 and I was like, oh, what a dick. Yeah. You don't need that shit in your life. Yeah, you don't need that, man. Yeah. Girl, go get drunk. Have, have a fucking drink. Have a fucking dance. Yeah. You just tell them you're with the DJ, girl. <laughs> But uh, oddly enough, the photographer was another military guy that I'd worked with a, with another event, and we're both about the same age, and we're just looking at these young ladies, and we're just like smiling and shaking our heads, going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but good time. Uh, happy to be back. Yeah, and, Moe's just like disappearing for these huge blocks of time yeah. to do actual DJ work. <laughs> right. we, we just come in here and sit and talk about it. <laughs> We know a lot about DJing because uh, our buddy Mo does a lot of it. That's <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> good shit. No, actually, I have been. Uh, I've gotten a couple gigs recently. I've been getting booked. Yeah, I don't know if change of season. I'm or, sad I'm going to miss that one tomorrow, man. Yeah, I'm. I'm playing tomorrow, which um, 
would have made more sense for me to mention on last week's episode because by the time this goes live, it will have already happened. Oh, so okay. what I should say is, obviously, I crushed it this past Saturday. Thank you guys so much for coming <laughs> out and supporting. You know, we had uh, 3,000 people, you know, passionate DJs from all over the country came out. It was awesome. Nice. Uh, now I'm playing in uh, Columbus, and then um, I've got, uh, what else? I've got something else coming up. I've got Worthy. Yeah, Worthy. In Cincinnati. Mm, so, cool. yeah, I'm, I'm uh, getting out of Dayton like I said I would, and yeah. it just kind of happened to work out that way. So, Hell, yeah. Thoughts uh, become things. Cool. Yes, yes, right. sir. Yeah, I, I picked up a, a gig over the summer. Uh, an old buddy of mine, um, he, uh, he, he, ran, he like randomly pops up uh, with these uh, uh, all vinyl nights. That, oh, uh, he did a New Year's thing yeah, a couple yeah, of years ago. Yeah, so like he, he's got one that he's planning for the summer, and he was all like, hey, you want to play all vinyl? I was all like, I, I mean, my back hurts. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I might hurt my knee again by yeah, then. Yeah, I, I, I could probably do that. So like, uh, But the funny part was, so then I'm asking him, I'm like, so... I got a lot of vinyl. Like, do, do you do you want house or techno or trance or breaks or, or I got? Well, if it's trance music, you got to make sure you call the police. Let them know that things are about to go down. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Firecat. <laughs> get the, get the ghetto bird. Out. <laughs> we go a party like it's four twenty two thousand. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, no, that, uh, I, and I've got a couple of other like leads on things. Just uh, I'm, I've been putting some feelers out too, and just trying to get get that stuff back out there, get some tracks written. Uh, you know, just I'm trying to get get myself back out there for sure. Well, obviously, uh, you know, I mentioned this on the show last week, but we didn't get together to record last week. I was digging myself out of the basement. I know, yeah. man, and like climbing for dry land. God, I, I, I can't even imagine. When, when you kept saying dry land, I kept thinking of uh, that Kevin Costner movie, Waterworld. <laughs> oh, jeez, Man, it was... It, it was a horrible movie. Too. I was yeah. going to say, yeah. like, why, why didn't I see that one? Is it as good as Dances with Wolves? No, I don't think so. It was better than The Postman, though. No. <laughs> no, The Postman was good, man. I, I, don't, I don't know if anybody else feels that. One. No. The Postman is good. It, the Postman is long, but it's good. Um, it, it's not Dances with Wolves, but it's good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's where I, um, you know, I, I, I've been trying to, like, talk myself into being excited because, like, I was bummed that I lost my room. Sure. But now I'm putting that effort into my other room, right. <laughs> which is where my DJ stuff is. And, right. And so now I'm kind of like I'm trying to get excited for it because it's like oh now I can set up my you know my little YouTube studio and my I'm production thing it. and right. like everything the way I want to all together. Whereas it was I was finding it to be a logistical problem <laughs> having the stuff spread out all over the place. Sure, so, um, I'm so excited. My son doesn't even know it, but I volunteered to help. Uh, Construct some of this stuff. Yeah, well, and that's why I wanted to bring it up real quick because yeah. I actually had the contractor come out today, yeah. and he uh, took a look at the uh, framing out the room that we uh, shoot our videos in mm -hmm. and putting actually drywall and insulation in there. Uh, the room people probably don't know this, but the room that we sometimes record things in um, gets very cold and then very hot and then very cold and then very hot, and uh, the machine that's making all those temperature changes 
makes a lot of noise and then gets silent and then makes a lot of noise and gets silent. <laughs> right. So I'm tired of that problem. So right. uh, he's going to come in and, and fix that for me. Hopefully with uh, within the next month or so, we'll at least have the room framed out and usable again. <laughs> Very cool. So, um, but anyways, all that to say, um, I'm hoping to get back into the production game. I think that it's going to help having that kind of in my space where I'm at all the time instead of kind of like in the dungeon. <laughs> right, right. Um, so that's why I actually meant to mention that when you, we were talking a little bit about Crystal Grid earlier. Mm. And uh, you mentioned something about, you know, us trading some stems and doing some work right. and stuff. Um, I'm very interested in doing that, um, but I might need a month or so. <laughs> right, right. Of course. So, yeah. Um, anyways, today we uh, just planned on coming in here and kind of rambling behind the mics and, and catching up with each other. And uh, But I went out to our social media channels and posted, uh, you know, ask us anything. Uh, pretty much open mics, but uh, we'll just toss in these questions uh, whenever we get to a spot to put one in here and uh, see what we come up with. So Brandon, uh, B-Funk, he brought in like a whole pile of them, right? So like seven of them. So let's see, where do we want to start here? Is vinyl really more fun? With the release of the Rain 12s, I'm seriously considering making the jump to vinyl to broaden my skill set. I've only DJed on vinyl once in my life. I currently use Serato DJ or Rekordbox on CDJs. I'd love to hear some insight and if it's worth the price tag. Is vinyl more fun? Um, I don't know that it's more fun. What I will say is that it's a little more challenging because it's so limiting. Mm. You know, mm. there's, it, I mean, obviously it's, there's a bunch of really talented scratch DJs that can you hand them any six records and you know 20 different DJs are going to come up with 20 different routines and it's all going to sound something somewhat different but you know for your mixing A to B to C to D type of DJ um that might you know layer in some other things maybe a third turntable things like that but um it really either forces you to be creative or just accept it for what it is, mm. you know, and mixing first 32 to last 32 and, and move on. Um, because what's on there is what's on there. So in, in the age that we're in now with all this digital stuff where you can create your own loops and remix on the fly and, um, you know, add in any number of, of sounds and play live with it and all of that kind of stuff. But, like, there's just something about... I pick up a record and that song is that song and it's never going to change from that. And when I've got 10 of those, you know, it's, it's really getting down to the nuance of, and, and I mean, it's the same way with digital too. I mean, anybody can make that same argument, but you know, with digital, we've just got so many more options. The world is your oyster, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, and in a, in a sea, some sometimes in a sea of infinite options, some people just it, that's just too much yeah. I, I, you can't focus with that and I I suffer from that all the time as a producer yeah. like if I've got 300 to 700 gigs of just samples I don't, I don't I mean some days I just choke but I can come over here grab any five records and for you know 10-15 minutes just kind of bust something out with those because they are always static that is something mm. that 
You know, it, it forces it forces you to just use what you've got to work with. And you tend to learn those tracks very well because right. of that limitation and because you made an investment usually in those tracks as well. Right, right. A, a literal investment of money. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't bought many records. Uh, I, I bought a lot, um, uh, like a fairly large lot, uh, a few thousand records uh, a couple years ago, but... Uh, before that, it had been a long time since I had bought uh, any records since I switched to Serato. And, um, uh, but when I was, so we're talking early to mid 2000s or, you know, late 90s through the mid 2000s, uh, records were, I mean, what, seven to 10 bucks for a domestic, 10 to 15 for a. Four, four to six for a domestic, and it was 11, 11 like 10.99 for, for an import. import. Yeah. Well, it, and it, it, yeah, and it, I think it depended like how many tracks and, you know, it, depending on artists and stuff like that, right. too. So, like, I so think you were set if you're playing what, like Detroit Techno or Florida Breaks, and everything else cost $12. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, because all the drum and bass, you know, at the time was, it was all it, imported. Yeah, from, I mean, if you look at all those hooge right there, I mean, yeah. yeah, those are probably all 11 bucks, 9.99 to 11 yeah. bucks each. Yep, yep, easy. Yeah, um, I I would have to say playing on vinyl to digital. When I got onto those X1 controllers and playing on those for a long time, I wanted to get back to the physical part of playing. Um, but now I have the one turntable set up and the two CDJs. Like even when I mix, I, I don't really miss mixing records because there was so much work having to be done with the right. pitch control, you know, the the platter and slowing it down and constantly do that. I, I like doing that, but I don't miss it. Right. I'd rather focus on other parts of the mix. Now, when I came back to the turntable, really what I like it for is to scratch. And obviously, you know, we talked about it. That's all I've been doing for about the last month and a half. And, you know, I'll go to mix a, a few songs on, on the CDJs or whatever, and then I'll just throw on a fucking loop and go back to scratching because I'm having right. so much fun scratching. So... I mean, mixing. I, I would. I'd have to say I'd have more fun digitally mixing. Yeah, and uh, then scratching. I. I, I want to keep it to the turntable. Once I made. I mean, I'm sure you and uh, David remember when I was making that switch. I had switched to Serato, so I was doing DVS. That that I had a certain level of comfortability with that. But then when I knew, okay, I have to switch. I have to do something different to stay relevant. And then I was like, you know, balancing, do I get the CDJ Nexus set up or do I go for one of these, you know, higher end controllers? You know, wh which way do I go? And once I did and once I figured it out and got acclimated to it, like I'm with you, like whether it's CDJs or my controller or whatever, like um, I, I do. I, I, I don't know if it's just the feel or if it's that, you know, the, the typical argument for digital mixing mm -hmm. is that it frees you up to be able to do more and do other things right. yeah. rather than babysitting be more creative the, yeah, than rather, babysitting the turntable. Right, right. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm with you. When it comes to mixing, I, I I think I do prefer the digital, but there is a certain nostalgia to you know to throwing the turntable. Wax on. Yeah, and that's how I feel when like because I told you I was out of the game for a while, you know, becoming a parent and a husband. And got back into it about five or six years ago, and then right. like that learning curve, like boom, I picked it up in probably about forty-five minutes. What took me like three or four years to pick up. Sure. And like nowadays, I'm am very comfortable with the digital stuff, but mm -hmm. sometimes I feel like I'm being lazy because there's not a lot to do because I'm not having to babysit turntables like I used to have to, you know. And you know, 
making sure I didn't pitch it too high or too low because then now the tone changes and things like that. So I do kind of miss that. Key lock, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I do kind of miss that uh, that hands-on approach, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like, you know, in, in a parallel with another hobby I have is barbecuing. There's people that argue about oh. using wood versus oh. using, you know, uh, uh, pellets and, and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, trip gets a smell uh, on my yeah. stuff yeah, as it's starting to get warmer. Yeah, so when you say that that it makes you feel lazy because you don't have to do that, there's always something to do. Yeah, and, and, and the, but so like, for instance, when I was just being an iPad for those sorority girls the other day, mm-hmm. like I wasn't going to mix or, you know, do anything sure. crazy. I was just playing music, literally. And like moments like that were like, I got to do something because I feel like I'm not, I, I should be doing something because mm-hmm. I'm so used to like, feeling. you know, let well, me turn here. That's probably you know. the difference between, I don't want to say mobile DJing because that's some of you, a lot of your gigs, I'm sure you probably mix and you do stuff. Oh, absolutely. But, but like, like your that typical one, mobile DJ, yeah. like that. It's just one song to the next, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So th- th- I, I try and offset that by doing other things. Like mm-hmm. before, like when I was a DJ back in the day, like I never emceed. I would just play music and that was it. So now like this has given me an opportunity to step out into that part. So like start talking to the crowd and things like that and building that up and becoming a little bit more proficient at Have that. Have you ever done that before? Not not until recently no. since I since Dude, I became a mobile DJ I like I fucking like, hate the mic. Like back in the day like all I did I kept my head down. I I I stayed on my mixer and the records. Welcome to podcasting. And there was <laughs> yeah, right. And and then we had a we had a hype man or an MC that took care of all that, taking care of the crowd. And then you know fast forward to now where all of a sudden I wind up becoming a mobile DJ somehow. I'm not really sure how that happened, but mm-hmm. you're like and people just assuming that I'm going to MC, but learning that that's the expectation when you're a mobile DJ is that you're doing all that stuff. And I'm like, fuck. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I notoriously like at this microphone I'm good with, you know, uh, knowing that there's thousands of people out there listening to us next guess, week, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> next week, but not in front of us right now. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. Hi, hi guys. Um, <laughs> but you know, but at the end of the day, sure. This is a microphone, but it's still just the four of us getting yeah. together and talking. Mm-hmm. Um, however, comma, <laughs> you know, you you put me on a stage and put a mic in my hand. Well, I, what, what do you want me to do with this? Like, yeah. you know, and even worse is when I was doing like the weddings and the corporate gigs. Like if we're at a club and I'm hyping up somebody, you know, as it were. Different like, context. It, yeah, it's a different context. And I can I can do the, hey, give it up for blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Uh, and especially if I've had a few drinks. Uh, I can handle that. Um, but yeah, once, once you get into that like corporate space or, you know, the mobile space or the wedding space, and then like I get yeah. on a mic and I'm like, I'm going to ruin this for you guys. Like <laughs> you need a true ex- yeah. extrovert, not me who pretends to be extrovert, but I'm really <laughs> introvert. Like, <laughs> see, for me, it's a little bit different because my job in the military, especially when I was in Texas, I had to speak in front of large groups of people pretty routinely, right. you know, on a high level. You know, talking to people about this these new programs that we were starting. Right. But then you put me behind the mic at a wedding, or or you know, with two hundred people, and I'm like, oh, shit, what am I supposed to say? So it was, <laughs> in my mind, I was like, why why are you tripping? This is not this is in your wheelhouse. Why are you why can't you do this? And it just right. it was so weird. Yeah. Um, is vinyl more fun? I'm gonna say yes. I think. Yeah. Um. But I, th- I think it's more fun because I don't have to do it every time. Um, because I, I'm not one of these DJs that's, you know, 
super stuck in Divinal, obviously. And right. Like I, I embraced digital DJing from day one. Right. Um, I came in at right about the right time for that to be. That was just kind of becoming okay. <laughs> um, but you know, I would miss obviously. You know, I like being able to carry my as much of my library with me as I want. Um, I have a bad back, so that really does <laughs> play a factor. You know, with the crates and and that kind of stuff. Right. Um, there's a certain stress that goes with mixing records in front of people, uh, because not, not just because of the skill thing, but there's just so much that could go wrong. It's sure. mechanical. Yep. Shit could break. Uh, your needles could not work. You could have, you know, somebody uh, could bump the table, somebody could bump the table or yeah. knock it over or that's never happened. Whack the tone <laughs> arm or et cetera. Right. Uh, or like you were saying that mask, the bass would vibrate the needle, right? Off mm-hmm. the record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But being, all that being said, if I were to just, and, and I'm just talking about very simple bass A to B mixing. Let's just take a very simple scenario. Sure. You know, your last 32 to first 32, like you like to say, Trip. Um, mixing records is more fun than mixing two digital sync tracks hmm. to me. Um like I said, because I don't have to do it all. If I just walk and I have them sitting next to each other, right. this one's going to be more fun than sync and then let it go. Right. Okay. Right. Um, Who said anything about sync? <laughs> okay, fair enough. Didn't, but either way, still applies. Um, but I, I get to mix on records as much as I want, and then I get to walk away from it. Mm-hmm. And right. I'm right. not. I'm not doing that at gigs. I'm not doing that. In any case where there's any pressure, yeah, I'm not, right. you know what I mean? So I, right. yeah. that's why it's fun for me is because there's no pressure and nobody's looking yeah, when right. I'm mixing. It's all records. in my basement. It's all in my basement for me because I'm not yeah. dragging my 1200s out. It's right. yeah. they're too damn heavy. Oh, yeah. Like, like once going digital and learning CDJs and all of that stuff, like it's, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Aside from a couple of people who, if they ask, like, uh, like this buddy of mine, you know, hey, will you will you play, or would you be interested in doing one vinyl, you know, all all vinyl night with me or something? Like, sure, once in a while, and I guarantee you that same night I'm gonna be all like coming in here <laughs> and putting the records back on the shelf and going, holding my lower back, going, God, now I remember, <laughs> that's right. Oh, that. Yeah, you know the the uh, uh, USB stick is so so much, much easier on your back. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean it's so much easier. I've got two. <laughs> <laughs> Balance it out. Right. This is why my my favorite method of playing at home is tractor with DVS on my Control S8. Yeah. Very cool. Because yeah. it's, yeah. it's everything. It's the looping, it's the remix decks, it's the stems, it's right. the vinyl, it's it's whatever you want. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to carry all that shit around every gig. So. Yeah, no. No, not at all. <laughs> um, Chuck, this is a, a friend of the family. He says, are you ever too old to start learning? No. 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 Uh uh, didn't uh, if it wasn't us, then it was uh, one of the other big DJ outlets. But somebody just posted a um, what is it like the top twenty five DJs over fifty or something like that was me. Yeah, okay. I, I, I thought it was. Uh, I thought I saw it. It was an older article, and I recently updated uh, all the ages and everything, and right. posted it. Yeah, <laughs> like I was like, like. Uh, now, granted, they may have you know the the luxury of a longevity in in their right. career as a DJ. Doesn't mean they started after right. fifty. Yeah. But 
um, you know, my a, a good friend of mine, um, uh, I've talked about him on the show before, Jason Brooks, Naughty Groove. Uh, his mom uh, actually learned how to DJ, I'm going to say in her 50s or 60s, and was actually taking gigs as Mama Groove. Nice. <laughs> so Naughty Groove and Mama Groove. Like awesome. It, Didn't yeah. Kilma's mom start yes. a little bit later I believe well? she's doing mobile gigs. Yeah. yeah. Weddings so, or something. Yeah. Like, it, you know, and, and that, that, that's anything in life. Anything in life. You know, it, it, I've, I don't know about everybody else in this room, but I've been through enough and I've had, you know, varying interests through life. Like, you're never too old to try something new you know will you be the best at it maybe maybe not you know depending on what it is like are you going to be an olympic swimmer <laughs> you know i don't know what, what i know i'm not but if i you know have a passion for something or if yeah. i get into something then you know yeah absolutely get into it your age should not be one of those things that matters and you know they've been doing all of these studies on the effects of music on the brain and stuff mm -hmm. and with uh, as much as we uh, are learning more and more about things like Alzheimer's and other mental degenerative diseases and the effect that mu the therapeutic music, yeah. effect that uh, music can have on that. Like, I don't know why more people aren't learning how to DJ or picking up a guitar or learning a keyboard. I think this particular uh, listener will appreciate that answer because I, I happen to know that he works with like uh, special needs children and oh, works in a, cool. a, a therapy environment. So, oh, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah, it's, um, you know, DJing's not one of those things that's like sports where you have to retire early because your reaction time goes down. Right. You know, like the only time that that, that sort of dexterity is really going to matter is if you're trying to be like Qbert or Craze. Right. Um, at which case I'd love to be able to blame that on age, but <laughs> no. I just ain't got those chops. <laughs> right, exactly. Right? I learned that about myself very early on as well. Right. So if you're not doing that, um, there's really no reason, uh, you know, age is, is literally just a number um, beyond that. Just protect um, your hearing because, uh, yes. you know, we, we everybody should be doing that anyway. But the older that we get, you know, there's natural degeneration mm -hmm. in your ears. So, you know, protect your hearing as best you can. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, go for it. Yeah, even now, the barrier to entry is so much lower than when we first started. Mm -hmm. uh, the equipment is more, I'd say, compact. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't... Affordable. Affordable, yeah. Right. I don't have to drive a minivan. Well, I have a big ass truck, but I don't. I don't have to drive a minivan at 25 like I did back in the day. Mm -hmm. You know, to put all my cabinets and everything in there, and you know, those amps and like you said, the records were heavy too. Right. I've been talking with uh, hardware manufacturers. You know, doing YouTube reviews and stuff, and somebody is going to send us a an all-in-one DJ controller that costs $79. Oh, wow. What? Wow. What? And it's it's one of these little strips, you know, and it's yeah. got the little jog dials on it, and you can, it's about as long as your la the front of your laptop, and you can, you know, it's about like that. $79. Bucks. Huh. There, there just is no barrier to entry anymore. Right. I right. mean, that's all. And it's, I mean, it's got your basic, yeah, cue, play. Um, you can even scratch on it, you wow. know. It's... <laughs> Yeah, for, I mean, for somebody who just wants to learn, like, I mean, we're yeah. not talking about, you know, getting up on, an, uh, on you know, a, a festival stage in front of 20,000 right. people. We're talking, if this is something that you want to try before you really understand, or before you truly understand what's going on and want to see if it is for you, then... With some training wheels and, right, and, and right. not that much of a dent in your pocket. Right. 
But didn't Gina post like a little NPC player for kids the other day? Oh, that thing. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a synthesizer. Least, yeah, okay, yeah, like it, uh, I forget what it's called, but um, I'll link it in the show notes. But uh, some Indiegogo thing, like where um, uh, they created a, a a real MIDI capable synthesizer. Uh, but it's like, it looks like a, a Fisher price type yeah. of thing, oh, but wow. it's like all rugged. Like, mm-hmm. so you can hook it up to your studio via MIDI and all, or, and all of that stuff. And it works standalone. Uh, it yeah. works in the studio, whatever. But, um, I think it's a form of, I, I didn't research too far into it, but it, for watching the videos, it looks like it's like some form of FM synthesis because like when you turn one knob, then it, it has an effect on the on the waveform, but then the next knob kind of modifies the previous right. setting. Uh, it's got effects on it. All. About 7% of our audience is like, oh, right, FM synthesis. Uh, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> next. Yeah, 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 FM synthesis. That's a whole other show. Yeah. Oh, boy. It's not even Ugh. DJ related. <laughs> uh, he had a second part to the question. He said, is it okay to sample and loop a few old school, and I mean old school, tracks from way back to use to remix a current track or when transitioning to a new song. I think what the question is, can I play old shit? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Cause I mean, the only, the only drawback to any of that is if you use something that's old and you post it somewhere online and you know, there's automated software that checks everything nowadays. So if, if it gets flagged, then the worst that'll happen is it gets taken down but I mean, aside from that, that that shouldn't stop anybody. I, I love taking like old school acapellas or parts of songs and and affecting them out with some reverb yeah. mm. and just hitting hitting it at yeah, a cue and giving that. it a tail or right. you know actually doing some type of newer tech house song with a an acapella of an '80s song right. that I really liked and just you know piecing it out and you know what I mean because it's familiar with people and it you know it's nostalgic. Yep, absolutely. People are like, holy shit, I remember that. <laughs> right? You know? Yeah, but usually when I play at therapy, I like to throw at least one or two old school tracks from whatever kind of era I'm feeling that night. Yeah. It, it, that's completely with intention. Mm-hmm. Tom Reed, he says, how do you know when you're ready for a manager? What kind of person should it be? Professional manager, friend, wife, husband, etc." And what qualities should this person have to help you be successful, and how should they be compensated? Hmm. Everybody, look at Tony. Knew <laughs> <laughs> that was coming at me. <laughs> how does one know? Um, I, I'll throw in my first reaction, which is: if you have to ask the question, you probably aren't ready. So, if in other words, you'll know <laughs> when hey, you. Would, that's what <laughs> I don't mean that in a rude way. I mean no, like right. when you don't, when you just can't do all the things anymore. That's, that's exactly right? what I was going to say. When the need is there. Yeah. Like, you know, so much of what is encompassed in all of that is, is there a need for it? Or if you feel like you're ready to go to that next step, it, are you expecting, you know, bringing somebody on to get you to that next step? Does that make sense? Like, yeah. you know, are, are you are you trying to fulfill a need or are you trying to reach for something that you think will get you to that next level, I guess. So um, I don't know that having an agent specifically gets you there. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that there are some agents and agencies that hustle well, for their, when for their you artists. have, you have management 
and you have an agent. Right, right. So management is kind of like the closer inner circle that helps you work on who you are and develops you as an artist. And they and, work for vodka, right? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have the agent. You know, I was just actually talking to Crystal Grid about this last night. Okay. Um, how I like I as a, as a manager, I don't want to deal with their bookings. All I want to like. I, I'll pass that off to an agency and let them deal with it unless it's like somebody enter that kind of like knows us and you know we deal with it and whatever but right. I'd rather have the agency deal with that so management can just focus on, on the artist the yeah. project and in, in, in itself you know what I mean sure. um, but that's when that comes when you don't want to do that work mm. you know what I mean or you don't have the bandwidth to or do you all don't that. have you don't have the network yeah. you know um it's a tough question. Yeah, for sure. Because I, I mean, I've I've had, I've had a couple of local small, you know, agency reps that I mean, they're they're now defunct. They don't even do this stuff anymore, um, and and those helped. But I I mean, it never stopped me from going out and getting my own gigs too. So like, mm-hmm. um, you know, for me, like in terms of agency. I just always had, you know, that that hustle mentality. Like if if I get four people trying to book for me at once, then, you know, I can, you know, quadruple (laughs) my efforts. But uh, in terms of management, I never had any management. All I I had, I've had a couple of really close homies that over the years, you know, just kind of naturally wanted to be involved and kind of took that roadie kind of kind of um right. role and you know so like I, you know they they would help w- with carrying equipment and carrying records sure. and you know and stuff like that these but. are like these are things too that i'm learning as i go and a lot of people that i know that are are in the business now at the level that i'm at it um they're doing the same thing you know corrupt for example in columbus it's jay is his manager and jay is his good friend you know um it's just his homie that is close to him it's a it's a really close knit circle yeah. knows that he'll help him out and help him make decisions and do things that he doesn't really want to take the time and do you know so yeah that's what i was going to say i think when you get to a point when you can afford to have someone do shit you don't have time to do then it's time to use an agent yeah. mm-hmm. or a manager mm-hmm. you know? but that that's kind of my my gut reaction though when i said that um I've never been managed or had an agent. Um, so for all I know, I'm doing it wrong. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, You know what, what would be interesting, though, um, is to take that question and, like, put it with other questions that we would typically ask of, of the people that we interview mm-hmm. and say, you know, to your Egyptian lover or, or, um, or to say to your cranes, you know... At what point? At what yeah. point yeah. did did the the scales topple over and you just say yeah. okay i gotta bring some people on yeah yeah that would be a good question to start throwing in there because that i mean that that has to be that point has to be different for everyone right because there's so many variables there it's you know is this person full-time in music or yeah, it they depends part-time what else you have going on in your life yeah right. do they have kids do they have you know whatever do they work for vodka or, <laughs> or newports <laughs> yeah uh, second part of the question was finally, how should they be compensated? Twenty um, percent vodka. Twenty <laughs> percent 
20% vodka? Yeah. That's 40 proof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit, we're getting into math now. Um, yeah, I was going to say. What's the second derivative of 20% uh, of everything? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say, uh, say as much as, as you're able to, Tony, but uh, having worked with a lot of managers, agents, how, what kind of, not what levels of compensation, but how are they? Is I mean, it a percentage? Everything's, everything's always different. It's always, it's, it's all negotiated between artist and, and party package deals um, bundles yeah all that i mean stuff. if if i go to an agency and i book said dj that agent i'm sure like if you know i'm just gonna throw a number out let's just say artist was 10 grand that agent's gonna take their thousand dollars off the top that's their 10 percent. then you have management that's gonna take if it's 20 you know 20 percent of that gig goes to the managers there's two thousand so now the artist is down to three right mm. taxes flight there promotion so now like everybody thinks that these artists are making 10 grand the show no it's like yeah oh, they're job goes. creators yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah i mean they still make Stimulus. a good chunk of change yeah. but yeah, yeah. i mean still yeah i i mean it, i would say anywhere between like 10 and 20 percent like all in or like what mm-hmm. for uh, uh, all artist. in across all the different um people who've got their hands in the in the jar yeah gotcha Frederick Stanley asks, who is the best DJ of the passionate DJ hosts? Put your right hand up. Now point to your right. <laughs> that guy is. <laughs> but I, I'd argue that we're all different. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. all do a we little different skill sets. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, agreed. Uh, what are your favorite methods to mask mistakes as a DJ? This comes from Amber Dowler, who's been very active in the uh, Passionate DJ group. Got lots of invites from her own group. So yeah. thanks. Shout out to Amber. Yeah, really appreciate that. From across the pond, too. Yeah. So. How, how do we mask mistakes? This pump. <laughs> there you go. Just blow through it. Act like it's not happening, yeah. right? Depends on what the mistake is. Yeah. I mean, if, it's, say, if you accidentally pause a track that's playing, mm. you hit pause on the wrong CDJ. Yeah. If you're a microphone guy, you get on the mic, make some fucking noise and hit play. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was intentional. You kind of make it look like it was intentional. Mm-hmm. All right. Um I can tell you what I hate. <laughs> like, okay. Um because it, I mean whenever I've made mistakes, I mean I, I I'll try like especially like if it's a train wreck. Like you you got two tracks you you're in and somehow they're just wavering, and then you you just can't save it. So most of the time, I try to EQ my way out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, EQ and bring faders down. You yeah. know, just try try to you know yeah. fade it out and 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 get out of damage it. control. Right. Yeah. Um, what I can't stand is the echo effect. I knew you were going to say the God. echo. The five o'clock traffic jam? You don't like oh, the echo out? Oh, my God. And, and, and it, maybe it's because it's just okay. overused well, no, by no. every okay, radio no. jock no, ever. Question, so question then. Echo out or club horn? Oh. <laughs> echo out. Yeah, I'm going echo out, but like I'm not happy about it. <laughs> you know those aren't mutually exclusive. You could echo out a club horn. Oh. Oh, I just, just broke. I just threw up in my mouth. <laughs> for those that aren't aware, Trick has a uh, very specific disdain for said club horn. Yeah, it's right up there with mayonnaise. Like, oh, God, mayonnaise is disgusting. But <laughs> um, masking mistakes. Um, I think a lot of it just depends on how what happened like you said do you accidentally mm-hmm. pause 
you know, is something, uh, is it out of sync? You know, are, are your, did you jack up your bars? You know, it all just really depends. You know, I, backspin. I, backspin, backspin. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, like you said, fil- either filtering or EQing out and then yeah. slowly fading. Just I fucking think like just... dumping 20 effects on it at once. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that works because you play techno. <laughs> Push like, all the buttons. Yeah. <laughs> um, filters, you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll jump on that one uh, because if, if by mistake, if that mistake is, oh, I didn't realize these two vocals were going over each other or um, I forgot, I, I thought this was in key and it's not. Right. Um, I can usually f- high pass is what I usually do. High pass one of the tracks, and uh, you can usually get away with it, even if you have to high pass all the way up to the hi hats. Right, all you have is it still works, and it gets you out of a bind without suddenly losing the energy that those those tops bring. Right, you know what I mean. But I also think it determines who you are playing in front of as well mm. like how you mask the mistake like the sorority party i did they, they're not going to care they were all right. drunk and you know pointing in the air and squatting they yep. just fade to, out yeah fade out you know just to just, just slam faders sometimes you know? that's the best anyway yeah just fade quick, out. you rip the band-aid off yep yeah i've done that like where, it, where if it gets way off and you're obviously you're obviously not fixing it and the crowd has acknowledged that you're not fixing you're it you're not gonna you're not gonna just save it fade right. it out slam it over right get it over with quickly, they'll forget about it. Yep. Instead of trying to save it for 30 seconds and <laughs> fucking it up more. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the Passionate DJ podcast this week. Uh, there were a lot of great questions for this edition of Ask Us Anything, and we kept this going for quite a while. So make sure you check back in with us next week. Uh, and while you're at it, don't forget to subscribe to our bonus show, After Party. Uh, you can do so by becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash passionate DJ uh, for about the price of a three track EP on Beatport or Juno. Uh, you'll get another episode from David, Tony, Mo, and myself uh, featuring candid conversations between just us and extended interviews and exclusive edited content that didn't make it to the final published versions of the show. Um, we're truly humbled and extremely thankful to all of you. And we hope that you'll consider helping Passionate DJ to keep providing you with the content that you want. Also, don't forget to check out the Passionate DJ community Facebook group where you can interact with other Passionate DJs who are sharing our vision and our mission, which is becoming better DJs through passion and purpose. Thanks and see you again next week.